Thank you to our sponsor for season two, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. We have Lovick in the house. Hey, hello. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you. Wow. That's good. Thank you. I took too big of a sip. <laughs> is this the morning? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> It is, a, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad you like the champagne. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself for the people so they know who you are and what you're about right now. Yeah, no, first of all, let me say thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to, to get me up here. Um, my name is Ludwig Arroyo, and I'm, I'm basically, uh, I've been doing photography for about eight years or so. Uh started when my first daughter was born back in 2008, and uh, quickly uh, realized that my niche was fitness photography, and I've, I've kind of grown my fitness photography uh, portfolio, and I've been doing that now for, like I said, the past eight or nine years. And then recently, I've come into becoming an influencer manager, so now I'm into social media marketing and management and things of that nature. Okay, that sounds amazing. It sounds like a fun life. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Fitness models and social media management, yeah. uh, especially of influencers. But before we dive deep into that, let's start from the very, very beginning. Okay. Let's go way back. All the way back. Oh, man, that's a, that's a lot of history there. <laughs> I know. When you were younger, what were some of your childhood aspirations and dreams? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, the funny thing about me is I, I never grew up being a kid that knew what he wanted to do. Um, I had an older brother. Mm-hmm. I have an older brother, and uh, so as, as I was growing up, I didn't. I didn't have those. I want to be a police officer, a firefighter. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and fortunate for me, I had an older brother that figured it all out for me. He was four years older, mm-hmm. so he is four years older. So he was the one that went to Rutgers University. Made my decision easy, right? Mm-hmm. I just go right to Rutgers University. He pledged Phi Beta Sigma. Mm-hmm. I pledged Phi Beta Sigma. Uh, he was a communications major. I became a communications major. Oh, wow. So it was one of those things where he kind of paved the way for me. Um, uh, to my early childhood and my life, I was just following him. You know, mm-hmm. he was yeah, he was four years older, so he had it all figured out. And I didn't really have my own thoughts, my own anything at the time, yeah. which is strange to say out loud, right? Like you always, most people have it all figured out, or at least they think they do. Oh, I want to be a psychologist, like my. Um, growing up, my dad was, uh, you know, I'm Dominican. My both my parents mm-hmm. were born in the Dominican Republic. So when we came, when they came over here to the to the U.S., they settled here in New York, and mm-hmm. they then moved to Jersey. My dad got a job driving. He was a driver. He would deliver stuff from New Jersey and call over the city. Yeah. So that wasn't something I aspired to do. And so uh, as I grew up and got older, uh, you know, like I said, I followed the footsteps of my brother and. Um, 
settled on communications, and that was something I was really into. And then soon after Rutgers, uh, soon after I was um, I graduated, I got a job at a cellular, a wireless company, mm-hmm. just in sales. Oh wow! So that was your your first entry into the workforce. That was it. The that was my first and only. It's not like I had a bunch of different jobs. I I, I jumped into wireless, uh, developed a passion for leadership, mm-hmm. trying to be successful, going up through the ranks. And for a while, I thought my my future was going to be a leadership position in that company, some sort of executive. Yeah, it's interesting because you spent fifteen years with that company. Uh, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. So it's interesting because you 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 make up you make a very valid point when you're younger, you're really going by the like the people that you're exposed to and then their behaviors and what they're doing. Yeah. So even at a young age, even though you didn't have it figured out, you had people that were figuring it out for themselves yeah. that you could actually say, "Okay, I like that path that he's on. I don't like that path that he's on. I'm going to follow my big brother. Yeah. Now, is it just the two of you, or do you have other siblings? I have a younger sister. So she's six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my mom, my dad, and the three of us growing up. Yeah. And we're, we're tight. Uh, as tight as we can be, right? She's six years younger. He's four years older. But I shared a lot of the same friends with him. You know, we still do. Uh, his friends are my friends. His friends have younger brothers that are my age, so mm-hmm. you know we've always there's a tight knit crew of us that that kind of grew up together. Okay, and then after Rutgers, that's when you jumped into the wireless communications company. Correct. So straight out, what did your brother end up doing? <laughs> that's funny, man. He 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 went into the military. So out of college, he went into sales, pharmaceutical sales. Then quickly realized sales wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. And this is when me and him started to kind of. For general pass, yes. right? Okay. So everyone knows pharmaceutical sales is where it's at. Like yes. you, you can crush it, make tons of money. Of money. So I, I saw him. And I was like, man, this is this is it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was with Pfizer or something. And uh, he's like, nah, this isn't for me. I don't like pushing stuff that I don't think people need. Yes. Uh, seconds later, he's enrolling in the army. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not following I'll follow you. you. I'll follow you anywhere else, but that route. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. So he did. He enrolled, wound up going to Afghanistan and doing his tour out there and doing that stuff for like six, eight years. And by that time now, I'm I'm in the workforce. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. So by the time he came back, um, he became he's a he's a federal officer now. Mm-hmm. So he went the role of law enforcement, and uh, that works for him. Uh, yeah. Hindsight being twenty twenty, the guy works three days, is all four days. His job is uh, he's he is the <laughs> easiest job in the world, man. So I should have followed him. I should have just kept <laughs> following him. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's where we kind of started going different ways. That's interesting. How did you feel in that moment when you decided, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna forge my own path? Uh, I don't know if it was a conscious thing. I, I just knew that. It was, like you said, you kind of have two paths, right? What you do do, what you want to do, and what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went from following him and, and seeing things that I wanted to do because he was doing it. And then he started making other decisions. I'm like, you know, that doesn't interest me. Um, and it was more of a subconscious thing. I thought, I was like, all right, that, that works for him. I get it. You know, he's not into sales. He's not a, he's not a closer. He's not a killer. Cool. You know, he's going to go off and... Um, and, and, and fight wars. And then I was like, I'm good. I, I like this sales thing. I think this is for me. I like being with people, standing up and talking and selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of good to, to know that I, I have my own interests. And I started to develop, finally develop my own 
desires and, and goals. And what and what age would you say that was? <clears throat> I would say um, roughly around 23, 24 okay. years old. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point to make that it's okay for you to have like an idea when you're younger. But then as you get older, it, it's okay to change and shift. Because a lot of people really don't find themselves truly until they're in their 20s or into their 30s. But it's a different self that you're finding oh, at man. each decade that you age. 100%. Yeah. You know what I call them? I call them life-changing events. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduating college is a life-changing event. That kind of forges you a certain way, and you start thinking certain thoughts, and then maybe you get married. That's a life-changing event. Maybe you have kids. That's another. All these things change your perception and your views on life. So for me, uh, coming out of college, going into the workforce, that was a life-changing event, standing on my own, playing rent, living on my own. And then thinking that that was going to be the next 60 years of my life, That's that was my thought at the time, 23, yeah. 24. Flash forward 15 years later, I'm in a whole, like, literally, I couldn't be farther from corporate America. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, to your point, um, people who are, like, the younger people who are out there trying to figure it out, I think the best the best thing that I've learned is it's okay not to have it figured out. Like, you could be 19 and not have it figured out. It's okay. You could be 29 and not have it figured out. It's okay. Because here I am approaching... I'm, I just turned 41, which I don't... What? Can we believe that? <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just turned that that age, and to me, I'm just starting to, to emerge in, in a whole new career. So uh, I, I think there's plenty of room for, for growth and improvement and change. And so what time... <clears throat> so at what point, while you're working at this wireless communications company, do you say to yourself, all right, photography... Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a manager at this point. I, I lead uh, twenty to thirty employees, uh, and my wife and I are pregnant, and we have our first baby, and this is uh, twenty two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, eleven years ago, uh, and uh, at the time I'm like, all right, this is cool. I have my baby. I want to take pictures. I, I get a little point and shoot camera, and I start mm-hmm. taking pr- photos. Never having lifted a camera in my life. And I realized quickly that the images I'm taking, they, they're just bad. You know? <laughs> they, they, I'm looking at them. I'm like, man, I don't know if you know who Ann Gettys is. But if have you ever seen those books that have those beautiful baby photos where there's like five babies in a row and they're, oh, like, wow. in, they're like in plants? Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's Ann Gettys. She, she creates those photos. And I'm like, why don't my images look like that? You know? Mm-hmm. And that curiosity kind of led me down a path of, all right, maybe I need a better camera. Or maybe I need to study photography a little bit and l- understand lighting. Um, one thing led to another. I'm buying more equipment, starting to learn, and, and starting to figure out that uh, this, this, is, this is a lot more intricate. And I, mm-hmm. I'm starting to develop a passion for it. Um, then I'm taking friends out in the streets and taking photos. Then I'm, I'm joining. For, I remember one of my employees at the time, his name was Jonah. His wife started a clothing line. Mm-hmm. They needed photos, a fashion line. So now I'm going down to uh, Newark and, and where, wherever they, uh, Irvington, I think it was at the time, and taking photos of, mm-hmm. of their models and stuff. And so I'm starting to get my creative juices flowing, and I'm starting to get the bug at this point. So now we're talking 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing everything I could to learn this craft. I, I started doing nightclub photography. Nightclub photography doesn't pay. <laughs> you know, you're 40 yeah. bucks, 50 bucks. To shoot people drinking and, and having fun. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, I need to learn this camera. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever 
I mean, you have camera equipment here, but I don't know if you've ever used cameras uh, for photography. It, it's an art, and it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a skill, and you got to practice it. So I would do everything I could. I shot weddings for free. I did everything I could to learn this thing, and then um, and then one day a friend was like, "Hey, I I, I work out." And I'm competing in a competition. It's a, an ex-girlfriend of my brother's, actually. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can you come into a gym and sh- take some photos of me? And I did. Uh, I bought some equipment, went into a gym late night, took some photos, joined Facebook soon after. Yeah. Started sharing those photos, and then one thing led to another. Mm. So that's interesting because you said your brother's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Another time my brother came through and yes. was part of the process for sure. Yeah. So even even uh, not directly, but because he still, I guess it was still a healthy breakup where yeah. that relationship was still maintained. Through that relationship, you were able to basically um, start on your official path of being a fit this photographer. Yes. Right? Yeah, 100%. Even though, unbeknownst to him, I don't think he was aware at the time. But yeah, they had a they had a good relationship and it's good enough that she was able to reach out to me and say, hey, I noticed you, you're taking photos. Do you mind doing this? Yeah, so when did you transition from the photos to actual, the social media aspect? Um, that happened about two years ago where I, I, I realized that there was, once I started in photography with fitness, I realized soon that Unless I wind up doing photos for Nike or, you know, Under Armour or some other bigger fitness brand that I wasn't going to be a millionaire doing it. I wasn't going to be well enough to be able to pay my mortgage and pay my bills. So I knew down the line at some point I would have to iterate and I'd have to make a change. About two years ago, I started to make that transition, working in, started doing things like creating content for brands. So if you're a business that doesn't... I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of businesses that are on our social media that don't understand it. Yeah. They might be too old and they think it's not worth it. So uh, I started reaching out to companies and saying, hey, how can I help you create content, teach you about social media, all that stuff. So that was about two years ago. And then about a year and a half ago, I joined forces. I started managing um, influencers. So essentially what I do now is I help influencers promote brands and I help brands meet influencers. So it's So like you're a, like the middle piece between yeah. between both. Correct. Nice. Nice. I love I love this story and how you have so many connections that stem from the relationships with your brother, but then also just finding the opportunity and saying yes to it. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. So everything sounds really good. Hunky dory almost. <laughs> but real the reality <laughs> of the situation is you have kids, you have a full time yeah. and you have this budding um side business that's actually turning into something bigger. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how you maintained your mental health Jesus. throughout a lot of those struggles that ensued. No, you trying to get me to cry on camera? Is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> um We want the truth. <laughs> I don't think I've ever publicly spoke. I mean, I, I don't really talk about this, but it, it was a struggle for sure. So first of all, you're working for a Fortune 100 company. Mm-hmm. And every moment outside of that, you're trying to learn a side business, right? So I'm learning photography. It's taking a lot of time. And there's always this struggle in my mind as to when do you, when when is it kind of, I knew it was going to come to a point where I had to give up one for the other. Either I'd stop photography and continue along my path of, trying to be an executive um, because I knew that would take more time yeah. Um, or 
I'd stop the Fortune 100 company and I'd leave and, and try to pursue photography. And um, th- that was like an internal struggle for the for pretty much for the life of, of my photography. So from 2008, 2009-ish on to about 2017, I'm dealing with this mentally, trying to figure mm-hmm. out is now the time. Now, mind you, now you know now I have more more kids. <laughs> you know, I have a bigger mortgage. Um, the risk is higher now. Mm-hmm. And um, right around 2017, <clears throat> I, I had it, it was that time. And sometimes it's easier when, you know, sometimes you have to make decisions. That's a tough way to do it. Other times, the company makes a decision for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, since I left, there there have been like numbers of layoffs, mm. but I knew they were coming. Yeah, you know, so th- that kind of made my decision a little easier. Um, but in retrospect, it was the best thing. Now, right after, mm-hmm. probably the lowest point of, of my career, of my life, in terms of mental health. Um, so we're, we're looking at, like, 2017, I am I made the decision um, to pursue social media, photography, make a career out of this. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, my wife wasn't working. She had left. Uh, work because she didn't need to. She mm-hmm. she could stay home with the kids. So now mm, our income is coming from someone who really just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest leap I've ever done, but it was the toughest thing I've ever done. I mean, mentally, I I, I had never been at such a low level of confidence, mm-hmm. um, and so it was. A, it literally was a falling from 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 the skies to try to get back up there, mm-hmm. and so I'm climbing back up for probably about a year. You know. Trying to figure it out, trying to piece things together, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was tough. It was tough in a sense <clears throat> where you now have taken on the burden of being the the sole breadwinner. You have two kids, three girls now, three girls yeah. at this year, and then you're trying to like have that strength for your wife as well. Yeah, at at that point, man, you can imagine there's so many emotions, there's some thoughts going through your mind. Am I doing enough? Am I? Did I just ruin this? Mm-hmm. You know, did I did I did I make the right decision? Yeah, and it's also that that balance with all the expectations of of marriage too, and keeping that healthy. Now that you have three kids, three new relationships on top of the one that you're trying to maintain and keep healthy. One hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, you know, financially, am I doing what I need to be doing? Um, am I am I ever going to get to the point where I'm doing what I need to be doing? Uh, it, it w- there was a lot playing into it. And slowly but surely, you know, one of the things I was able to do is allow her the opportunity to go out and get her own yoga certification. So mm-hmm. I, I was like, listen, this is a good time for you to find something. Because, you know, when you're when you're a mom at home, life's not that fun, right? You're taking care of kids. You're not doing much. Uh, and you're doing a lot around the house. But you're not doing much in terms of fulfilling yourself. Yeah. So it, it enabled her to go out, figure out what she loved. Mm-hmm. And and then pursue that. So she's done that, and now she's a yoga teacher, and mm-hmm. that that's been huge for her and for us. Uh, and then for me, uh, it gives me kind of like that. It, it gave me that breathing room to, to feel good about my decision. Because had I still been working, it probably would never happen. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, that was kind of one of the things that helped move things along. Now, what did you do to maintain your mental health during that part? Like, what were some of your outlets that you did to, like, recenter yourself or snap back when you felt yourself going into dark spaces? That's a great question. Uh, 
I think that, to be honest, one of the things I did was listen to YouTube and, and podcasts and, and think uh, one of the people I listened to a lot back then was Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows Gary Vee now, but um, I thought that his, you know, what he does is, is, you know, the straight talk that he gives and the ideas always makes it feel like things are possible, right? And what, what you're doing is the right thing. The other thing is reflecting on the anxiety and the stress of having that corporate America life. Yeah. So one thing I always try to do and, and to stay humble is to remember the bad. Never forget where you came from, mm-hmm. right? Because it's always easy to be like, man, listen, I'm not making the money I was when I was there. But, man, my quality of life is so much better. Mm. Like, I would never tr- I would never go, even in my darkest days, you know, after leaving, I would never go back had you said, hey, listen, we can, we can, we can bring you back. Mm. Because you don't realize it until you leave the amount of stress, the anxiety, the, the lack of happiness that you, you, it's almost like you're caged so long that you've, you've you, you acquiesced, broken. you know, you're broken. Mm-hmm. And so after leaving, I'm like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like, I, I work from home now. I spend with my kids. Mm-hmm. I can see them right after school. I can take them to, you know. So there's so much that I can do now that I couldn't do before. And, and the level of quality of life has gone up. Stress, there's different stressors, of course. Mm-hmm. But, man, are they different from, from, from having answers to somebody else yeah. about something that you're not really passionate about. That's a good point when you talk about um, being passionate about something and then having that flexibility in order to really pursue your passion and your goals. 100%. Because that flexibility is what a lot of companies are kind of like selling to you now, like the unlimited vacation, yeah. the work from home. Yeah. But then they don't tell you, like, you actually going to be working from home. Yeah, right. <laughs> the unlimited right. vacation, you actually can't take that because right. you're going to be working too much. Right. And so it's good that you've kind of, you've never lost sight of what you had in corporate because now you're more appreciative of exactly. what you have right now. Exactly. With the flexibility. All right, cool. So speaking of what you have right now, one of the main focuses uh, for Currency Shift is a concept called social currency. So social currency is building social networks to gain access, influence, resources, and networking in the digital space that affects a person online and offline. And so with you, you have about... 38.3 thousand followers on IG, over 5K followers and likes on Facebook, and over 500 connections on LinkedIn. So my question for you is, in what ways has social media influenced or empowered what you're doing? Man, um, you have a lot of great questions today. Thank I you. I wasn't prepared. Thank you. Um, you know, no, we, try, we try to bring it, you know? <laughs> no, you do, for sure. And that's... To me, social media has been everything. So, flashback to my first shoot with the girl in the gym. I had done, like, two or three shoots after that. And it wasn't until a friend was like, hey, you need to be on Facebook. I'm the guy. I, you run into these people. I'm not on I'm not on social. It's like 2019. They're not on social. <laughs> yeah. You're, I was like that in 2010, 2011, 20. Like, I don't need to be on social. What The last thing I need is an old girlfriend from, like, 1999 <laughs> to find me on Facebook. and then Hey, big head. Yeah. You're like, no, no. I don't need that. I'm off of social. I don't need it. Friends like, hey, listen, you're, you're taking pictures. These things are pretty cool. By the way, I think they were trash at the time compared mm-hmm. to what I shoot now. And they were like, listen, if you want to do more in this, you should get on this thing called Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
let me open up a business Facebook account. I'm not really going to be on it, but it's really just to share my work. Um, and literally that was it. I opened up a Facebook account. I started posting some of my fitness images. Bodybuilder guy reaches out and says, hey, you take photos? Take photos of me. Cool. Other bodybuilders, other fitness people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not too, not too long after that, a social uh, a supplement company called Shreds mm-hmm. reaches out to me and says, hey, we need, we need f- pictures of our athletes. Now, what Shreds did at the time was they, instead of, instead of shooting or choosing bodybuilders, they chose people that were prominent in social at the time. Now, we're talking back 2011, 2012. Yeah, they were ahead of the game. They were ahead of the game. They kind of broke and kicked in the door on social media influencers. So they had a bunch of athletes that, at the time, were like at 50,000, 75,000 followers on Instagram, which mm-hmm. was the top at the time. And they were athletes on shreds, so I would shoot them. Yeah. And because I'm shooting them and I'm sharing their images and they're sharing my images, my Instagram is starting to grow. Um, that was it. Mm-hmm. That, so to, the, that's the long answer. The short answer to your question is how has social influence or impact? It's, a, it's been everything. Yeah. I, I don't spend money on you know, advertising, whether it's Facebook advertising or anything else. I share my images and people share them. And mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for social, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all in on social. Like to me now, even though I, I think I could do a better job of sharing like my personal life, um, I think social media has enabled and empowered so many people that would never have had the opportunity to be successful. Yeah. You know, you could you could be, you know, flipping cups and bottles yeah. and and have a million views on YouTube now mm-hmm. and and monetize on that. That's you could never have done that before. Mm. And so I'm all in on social. I think it's the reason why I'm here, the reason why uh, I'm able to do what I do 100%. Yeah, and it sounds like people have found you via Facebook, and that's what kind of, like, helped you take off and launch into something bigger with the company Shreds actually reaching out to you. Yeah. Um, Do you use social to reach out to other fitness and other fitness models, or is it mostly them finding you and reaching out? Great question. In the beginning, I was... I was doing my due diligence. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I know you're in Jersey. If you ever need photos, check out my site. Actually, one of my strategies in the very beginning to be well known was I would go to the, I would go to the shows where the, all the, all the competitors are competing that day, and a lot of times these things are at, at hotels. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I take my camera, and I'd buy a backstage pass, mm-hmm. and I go, I'd go to where they're warming up. So. All the bikini models, all the bodybuilders, all the men's physique guys, all the women's uh, f- figure girls—they're all in their in their suits and they're just getting warmed up to go on stage. Mm-hmm. And I take my camera and I just go take behind the scenes photos. Mm-hmm. And then, since I, I, you know, I I I had Facebook, I would take all those images and I put them on Facebook and I tag everybody. Mm, that's and, smart. And yeah. these people that didn't know them and they didn't know me, but I knew of them and I would ask mm-hmm. around, "Who's that?" Okay, and let me, you know, and then I'd go to Facebook, I'd upload it, and then I'd tag them. So here you are, you're a competitor, and you're seeing that this photographer just tagged you in a photo you never knew he took. Yeah. And it's a cool photo of them, you know, getting pumped up in the back. And so they would reach out. Oh, you take photos, and then that's how I grew. <laughs> uh, oh, you're taking photos, huh? <laughs> you're taking photos, huh? So, and so that's how, that's how things grew back then. Um, and then nowadays, now people find me. Like, I don't really reach out. I don't. Um, people reach out because I've shot a friend of a friend of a friend and they saw the work. Got it. 
All right, so your journey has been interesting, going from the very beginning where you had to make a decision between two routes, yeah. the following your dad's footsteps or following your brother's footsteps, to essentially choosing the latter and following your brother. Then you had another life experience where your brother was like, all right, I'm going to the Army, and you were like, nah, nah, bro. I'll drop you off at the <laughs> airport. Yeah. To working full-time. Yeah. Um, at a, communi- a wireless communications company to essentially your your pivotal turning moment, which was having your brother's ex reach out to you to start the fitness, yeah. to where you are now, where you're basically dominating that whole industry as far as like helping to manage the fitness models, mm-hmm. but then also for t- take that photo. So of everything that you've learned and experienced over the years, even with the marriage, even with the, the onset of the three little ones that you have, uh-huh. what is one piece of advice, just one, that you would put on a little post-it mm. and post on your desk for yourself? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I would say... Maybe never forget, like, never forget where you came from. Never forget what you've gone through. Um, mm-hmm. Because to me, that's always that's always my fail-safe. When I'm, like, even today, if, I, if I'm like, eh, you know, this might not work out, or, man, if this isn't, I have to think back to, I'm never going to go back to the space where I was. And that's enough motivation to keep me, to keep me going. Uh, I, I would say never forget. Is, is is a good mantra to repeat. Um, I don't know if that's a different question than advice. I don't know if you're asking if you're going to ask that and if you like coming up. You know, if I would give advice, but is that a different question? Nah, it's it's the same. So if I was oh, wait, yeah, I do have something later. That then we then, do. then I'll yeah. stop. <laughs> we have a structure, folks. Yeah. We like to work within that structure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the piece of advice that you would give yourself. On the post-it and on the desk is never forget. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, so this is the next round is the speed round. Uh oh. So during this round, I give you uh, a few questions okay. and you answer okay. whatever comes to mind. Okay. However you want to interpret the question. All right, you good? You need a little more champagne. I do. I think yeah. I, I think I need yeah. a little sip. Yeah, sip. All right, a little. Sh- uh, a little champagne. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. yeah. I got to drive home. Oh, well, we're not going to give you too much. (laughs) I need to put that in the clause, you know, as well. (laughs) Driving. Officer, please. I was (laughs) was on a podcast. (laughs) I am not liable. All right. So, speed round. Let's stretch it out. All right. First question. Yeah. What gets you out of bed? That's easy. Uh, My family, yeah, for sure. All right. Making sure I, I, I deliver for them. Yeah. Making sure you deliver for your family. All right. Favorite band? Group or artist? Damn. Uh, one, as does be one? Yeah. Uh, or whoever comes to mind as a favorite band, artist, or group? Um, first album I ever purchased um, in, in high school was, was Pearl Jam. So Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, yeah. Okay. No, but I'm old. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I think you're fine. I, I think I, yeah, go ahead. That's the favorite? Uh, yeah. It's Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Guns N' Roses. So a little rock, rock yeah, and roll? Yeah, a little bit. All right, Jimi Hendrix? Not that far back. 
Not that far. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Favorite drink. Al Green. Sorry. Al oh, Green. Al Green. Okay. Al Green. Yeah. If you're talking like solo. Uh, favorite drink. Favorite drink. Uh. Jack Daniels whiskey. Mmm. Whiskey. Mm-hmm. I like on whiskey, whiskey. Yeah. whiskey and cigars. Okay, nice. Role models. I named my daughter, my daughter, Jordan, after Michael Jordan. Okay. He influenced my life. He was my number. He was my guy, growing up, mm-hmm. all the way through. Probably early years of college, I was the biggest Michael Jordan fan. These days, I don't look up to him at all. <laughs> uh, That's a good turn. <laughs> like what he's done at pro basketball, not impressed. But. Got it. Yeah, I named her. I named her after him. He's, I guess, he was the biggest influence in my life. You liked him even when he played baseball. Even when he played baseball, yeah. Even I, when he went to the Wizards. Uh, not so much. <laughs> not. I mean, at that he was falling off. Nowadays, uh, it's that's a good. The whole role model thing is interesting because it's we're so exposed now to people's like lives. Lives that. Yeah. In the back in the day, you would only see the good. You yeah. could only see snippets of people's lives. Now you see the good and the bad. The Rock is a cool role model. Like he, he seems to be doing things the right way. Um, but there's so much out there now. Yeah, it's like now the power comes in where you can control the privacy. Mm-hmm. And so, like people who do that well are Beyonce and Jay Z. Yes. The yes. Rock. He yeah. does a great job with controlling the narrative and what's public and what's private. Yeah. J-Lo, for the most part. Yeah. All right, cool. Luxury item. Um, that I want or that I have? Up to you. I'm sneakerhead. Yeah, the off-whites. Off-whites. Yeah. Um, that's probably it. Um, l- lately, I've been, I've been even thinking about selling my car and downgrading to something because I, I work from home, so I, I don't. Mm-hmm. my car stays in the garage. So luxury wise, I would take all my. If I was rich, I'd have, I'd I'd get these redone in in like Python, you mm. know, Python nice. skin or something. Just because I'm a sneaker guy. You should follow the shoe surgeon. surgeon. Yeah, all already done. He's great. Love He's his awesome. work. All right, cool. Uh, favorite food? Lasagna. Mm. Mm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> what would you think? <laughs> I don't know. Like most people, like. Because you're Dominican, I thought, you know, maybe that should be stereotyping. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but you most did. But yeah. most of my people like, from the I know Most of my people from the islands, they be, like, really specific I mean, cultural I, dishes. Listen. It, but it's fine. I, my, I mom like made the, my mom made a great lasagna. Yeah? Um, I love, it, it, platanos are considered a, what, like a, a side dish? Mm-hmm. That would be my favorite food. If okay. if it wasn't if we were talking about side dishes, I just I'd eat platanos all day. Yeah, but lasagna is a good bet. You know, I used to like Garfield just because we had the same food in common. You know, like, right? I was a fat kid. It was fine. Um, <laughs> favorite country to visit? Um, oh, good question. I've been uh, Australia. I was just in Australia. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick with that. Australia. All right. Best way to give back? Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Retirement place. I I, I, I want to move to Texas. I, okay. I do. Uh, I like Texas a lot um, in terms of the weather and location in the country, in the middle of the country. Um, if you're talking like like Uber, you know, <laughs> Uber millionaire status, like right, I'm going to probably Bora Bora. Oh, um, uh, okay. And just, but yeah. 
I didn't know where you were going with the Uber thing. I thought yeah. you were saying you retire in Texas and become an Uber <laughs> driver. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I'm like, not, wait. No, no, no. Actually, you know, it, one it of, might one, not be a bad. It thing, might not be a bad thing. You know? Every time I get into an Uber, like one of the things they say is like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm retired. I'm just do this for fun, and it's a cool social thing, you know. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. I think you're on to something. Maybe I, I do that. I think more people should do that. Um, cartoon. Uh, cartoon. Um, so my kids watch a ton. I, I would go retro and go to like Tom and Jerry or something like that. I love a good Tom and Jerry. Yeah, classic. Yeah, that's what really got me into classical music. Really? Yeah, Tom and Jerry because they don't talk. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're just violent. And <laughs> you use a lot of non-social skills. Like. That's right. <laughs> Drama. Wait, what? Drama. Drama. What about it? Drama. Do I hate it? I hate it. You hate it. I hate it. Um, I kind of live my life avoiding the drama. Like I, I, I hate it. I'm a positive person by nature, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with anything that's detracting from the goal. So, if it's essential drama, like it's a, it's obviously it's, a, it makes sense. Um, but like if it's, I, I live my life, I. It's just me, my wife, and my kids. I don't really hang out with my my boys. I'm not like out every weekend with my boys, and uh, I don't. We don't do vacations where it's like, my family and ten other families, because that's drama. <laughs> some, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm good being by myself. Ideally, mm-hmm. talking about like we're talking about like moving away and, and ideal vacation or retirement spots. Like I would move to Montana and have a house on a lake mm-hmm. where I can have acres. And I'm good. And I could do fire pits. Yeah. Every night. People don't know about fire pits, especially like people who grew up in the city. But fire pits are amazing. Fire pits are where it's at. Like sitting by the fire, and with even if you're working with your laptop or mm. not, or just relaxing with a drink. Yeah. That 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 equals life for me. So <laughs> with your cigars. Uh, with my cigars. So I, I'm perfectly good by myself or with my family, and that's it. Like I don't have nice to have nice plate of lasagna right now. Nice plate of lasagna. Yeah. And no drama. No drama. Comedy. Uh, you can't really go wrong with Kevin Hart, but Sebastian Manis. Manis. Okay. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, hilarious. Um, there's a few. There's a few. Uh, just Netflix comedies right now are killing it. Uh, any 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 comedy on Netflix is doing. Okay. Last question. You ready? No. Okay. What is happiness? That's a good question. So. You know, flashback to two seconds ago when I talked about Montana. I think happiness is having the ability to. I think about this a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know, as I'm doing what I'm doing, I, I'm conscious of happiness. I'm conscious of it. Like I'm like, is this happy, mm-hmm. or is it happy when I'm like hanging out with my dog that we just got this year? Um, I'm finding that taking my dog out for walks is happiness, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have to really figure that out. It's something that people, it's like a cliche. People say it, right? Yeah. But how much time do you spend thinking about what makes you happy? Consciously. Consciously yeah. thinking about it. Like, hey, last night I went on my girls. Was I happy? Is that happiness? Or is it really like, you know, thinking about my future? Is it hanging out with my pets, my kids? Is it playing sports? Is it being active outside? Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? So... 
I think about that a lot. And to me, happiness is is when I'm able to have the time not only to produce financially for my family, but then also to do the things that make me happy. It's, it's a stupid, stupid answer. No, it works. I got to rethink that. No, <laughs> but essentially fine. doing the things that – happiness is being able to do the things that make you happy. Yes, 100%. But it's also you figuring out what makes you happy consciously. You need that answer, 100%. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So now this is the part where you give advice. So is there anything you would like the listeners to know? Um, yes. Yeah. You guys ready? Yes. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is f- back to the happiness thing. I think, you know, as, you, as you're going along your journey, you're always going to be, there's always going to be setbacks. Um, the biggest thing is as a, as a, if you're a young person listening to this, if you're any person listening to this, figuring out the thing that you can do for the rest of your life that's going to make you happy plus pay your bills. If you can figure that out um, and spend the rest of your life trying to do that, uh, I think you, you'll be you'll be better off. Um, there are tons of people. I think now we're in a culture uh, where people are the gig economy, right? People are working for themselves. They're leaving mm-hmm. their jobs. I'm, I love that. I love that I can move to Texas and not have to worry about transferring my salary. Yeah. Like, I can do that right now, right? I can go to Texas and make my money, and I don't have to worry about applying for a job in Texas. And so the thing, uh, I, I, my advice to people is no matter what your age is or, or what, what you think your situation is, mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing is figuring out what makes you happy. What, what, you're, what are you passionate about? Figuring out how to monetize on that. I think you're set. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for being on the show. This was tons thank of fun. Thank you for having this show. This is awesome. I appreciate you having me. I mean, thank I'm you. like nobody. <laughs> Tell us how to follow you, how to connect with you, and how to, um, yeah, how to follow and how to connect with you. Well, my website is ludwigarroyo.com. Instagram, I'm, I'm actually, my full name is pretty much everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Um, and in terms of social media management, I have a company called Arrowwell Media. Mm-hmm. Arrowwell Media is A-R-A-W-E-L-L media.com. Uh, if you're looking to be an influencer or you want to get advice on getting into influencing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can find me there. All right. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsor for Season 2, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, send us an email, info at currencyshiftnow.com. Until next time, keep pushing, stay motivated, and stay encouraged.